Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. All right, yeah, let's yeah. get started. Yeah. Welcome back to right. another episode of my podcast. Today, I'm joined with Rachel Braun. Rachel, how would you like to introduce yourself to your listeners? So hello, everybody. My name is Rachel Braun. I met Brian when I went to Penn State University through my best friend, Josh, who's already been on the podcast. Josh is super duper awesome. Um, Josh was actually my first friend at Penn State. I met him during new student orientation. So that's a little fun fact for you. Um, I also host a podcast called Braun and Brains podcast with Rachel Braun. And I interview influential people. Uh, Most recently, I had the CEO of Focus Brands, which is like the people that own Cinnabon on it. So that was kind of cool. I had one of my favorite authors, um, Renee Rosen on, who wrote Park Avenue Summer, which is just a really kind of like girly chick flick book, if you want to check it out. And then nine to five, I am a venture fellow at a venture capital fund in Chattanooga, Tennessee, but I'm remote right now. And as a venture fellow, I basically source startups to invest money into. I'm not the one investing the money into. Um, um, I'm just the one looking for the startups. So that's kind of what I do during the day. But um, first and foremost, I'd like to call myself more of a podcaster because that's kind of, you know, what I identify more as. Yeah, that's awesome. I actually got into podcasting through listening to Rachel's podcast. She has a podcast episode on how to start a podcast. And I was like, dude, that is perfect for like, exactly what I want to do. When I first started podcasting, I didn't really know what my target audience was going to be. I was kind of thinking like, I only want me to be the listener. I only want it to be for me. But I realized like my life is probably like a podcast episode already. And I want to share like this experience with as many people as I can. I tell my friends, like, I don't want to post it on social media, but I want to make as many people aware of it as possible. So that's yeah. kind of what I'm trying to do. That's like the direction I'm trying to trying to take it. So it's so funny that you say that, because when I first made my first podcast episode, I sent it to a few of my like close friends and one of them came back to me with like critiques. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want anybody to like critique it. Like, I don't I'm not looking to like improve on this. This is just something I want to do like for fun. And it didn't even occur to me that some people were like, oh, this is like what you could do better. And I'm like, no, this isn't something I see as like a form of self-improvement. This is just me kind of like speaking things out into the world and seeing what else comes back to me. Oh, word. So what what's your podcast about? Like, why did you start podcasting? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. So um, I've always really enjoyed speaking with smart people. And that's the reason why I chose to do a podcast over a YouTube channel or a blog. A YouTube channel, I always thought was a little superficial, um, meaning you have that visual aspect. And for me, that wasn't something I really wanted people to focus on too much. I thought the content itself would speak for itself in audio form. And a blog just didn't feel intimate enough writing-wise. And honestly, I'm a very, very bad writer. (laughs) And there was a point in college where I realized I was just doing things because I was told to do. I feel like I went through a lot in college where I started off college doing really bad. I had like a 2.8 GPA. I dropped out of all the clubs I was in. I just wasn't doing well. And then by my senior year, I finally did everything I was told to do in college where I was in the honor society. Um, I got the 4.0. I was in um, a business club and everything on an exec board. But I realized like, what am I doing this for? Like I wasn't really doing it for me. And um, not that I didn't like checking all those boxes and stuff and being a part of those those clubs, but I wasn't really growing as a person. And I felt like I was just checking off the boxes. And I realized, you know, like when I was in high school, I was really into film um, my first two years. And then my second two years, I was really into the morning news. So it's kind of funny that you had Steven on. 
I actually watched that little the 30 minutes of news before Lester Holt that comes on that he produces in my area. So I was like, that's so, you were like, don't your listeners watch YouTube? And I was like, oh my gosh, Brian, like I'm one of the people that watches. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know, but like, that. I love the news. I like, I'm a news junkie. I always joke to people that if I could have dinner with one person that's like still live would probably be um, Al Roker, who's like the weatherman on the Today Show. But that's a huge tangent. Um, yeah, I don't so know anyway. anything about that, that news stuff, but I'm just kind of like, I'm not really, I don't know what the word is. I think I'm too worried about my own current life state. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've just been really worried about grad school recently. (laughs) Well, last night, I I actually, when you asked if we could switch to today, I was like, holy crap, that's perfect. Because I have to do uh, like weekly recaps for my research. And they're always due on, well, our meetings are on Friday, but our summaries of like our reports are due on Thursday okay. and I just I just felt like I didn't have enough stuff and I yeah. just needed like that time to to do you know whatever I needed to do do you have sort of like checkups with your your advisor in your job world yeah I kind of do so I have every day at 10 a.m I meet with um so there's only four partners at the venture place that I'm at um, and two of them I meet up with every single day at 10 a.m. One of them is based in England in Cambridge, and the other one is living in Chattanooga, Tennessee at the office. But I start working way before that. And honestly, that's something that we could definitely dive into because this has been on my mind a ton lately. I work, I'm such a workaholic. Like I I was talking to Josh about this and I was like, dude, like I start at eight and I don't end some like most days till eight. And then on the weekend, I also work. Because we, um, one of the tasks I'm assigned to is a newsletter, which is ironic because I'm literally the world's worst writer. Like I could not, like, I was like, I could not tell you the last time I wrote something that's more than 140 characters. And the only reason I know that is because that's the Twitter limit. Like, so I'm just working crazy and I meet up with my boss at least once a day. Um, Sometimes that's the only time I see him. And then I do have weekly one-on-ones where I kind of air my grievances, but I kind of like my job. I don't kind of like my job. I honestly love my job. My boss is a mentor of mine from college. I interned with him beforehand. So he's just somebody I have a lot of respect with. And he kind of knows how I've been navigating like my post-grad career and how much I've thought about like the working world beforehand. So he has a lot of context like on my life. And beforehand, I worked at a I worked at Goldman Sachs. It was huge, big giant bank. Everybody was like, wow, this is like the it job. This is what you're supposed to do. And after I got my job offer, I looked around and I was like, I don't think any of these people really care about me and I don't want anyone's job. And I feel like complete opposite like that in this job. So, oh, that's um, sweet. Yeah. yeah so I meet so up awesome. anyway. I meet up with them once a week, and I really like it. But I need to fit, start figuring out time management a little bit. I think. Is this what you want to keep doing with like your career path, or do you have other plans in mind? That's again like such a good question because I, for the longest time in college, the last part of my senior year, I was like, I just want to work in big tech. My dad has always worked for the government. Um, so we've never had a problem. He's never been laid off. He never, we never had um, that issue. So job security for my family was something that was like very push on us. Like if you do get a job on whatever that will be, like you should really think about job security before how much it pays or anything like that. So I was like, you know what? Big tech treats their employees like fairly well. Like you always hear about people at Google and they have something called an 80, 20 rule, meaning 80% of your day is working. 20% of your day is something like doing a personal project. So like my podcast would be kind of cool doing that. So I was like, I want to work in big tech. Um, the pandemic hit and I was in my final rounds for Google. And they were basically like, yeah, this process is going to take a lot longer. And, and um, basically that just like wasn't really in my book. I kind of needed a job 
a lot quicker than that. Um, the job that I did end up interviewing for, I didn't know if it was like the right one for me personally. And that was kind of like the pandemic gave me a lot of time to think. And I had kind of an epiphany, like, do I want to be working at a giant company? Um, and I think I'm using these six months at my fellowship to kind of focus in on what I really want to do, whether that stay in like the, the VC space, like finding really cool startups or uh, maybe joining a startup myself. But at the end yeah, of the day, I just want so my cool. job. I, it's really fun. But at the end of the day, I just want my job to be like me talking to smart people every day. Like that's the only <laughs> thing I want to do. Like that's why I podcast. That's why yeah. I really enjoy my, my job right now. And as long as I can keep doing that, that, that'll be my goal. But yeah, I think that's why I really like school right now. I have these professors yeah. that I can just go into, I can just email them like, Hey, can you talk like right now? And they'll be like, yeah, let's talk. I actually have this professor who's a graduate student as well. And it's his first year teaching, but I don't know any of the concepts in this class, like the signal processing stuff. I just don't know it. Yeah. Like I don't have any experience. So we were talking and I was like, hey, maybe we can help each other out. Like you teach me the material that I don't know that I really want to know. And I can yeah. give you feedback on like what helps me learn the best. And he's like, dude, that would be so awesome. And I was <laughs> like, this is like the most, this is like the perfect relationship. I think a student and a teacher should have like, yeah, it was just super cool. So I've been listening to a ton of your podcasts and I've decided like, maybe this is just me making this up in my brain because I feel like I've like listening to your podcast have given me like an insight into your world. You are such a servant leader. Do you want to become a professor when you grow up? Like, is that your main goal? Cause you've never said that directly, but you always talk about wanting to create like a unique, like teaching style and stuff like that. Like, is that what you want to do after? Yeah, for, for sure. That like, I totally want to, a servant leader. I really like that. Yes. You I want to be, like, oh. be like the people's person. <laughs> I don't know, like a good way to put it, but yeah, I would really like to teach. I had, um, I first started teaching a marching band right yeah. outside of um, my first year of college and like right out of high school. And I realized that like I needed to find the right words to say and then do the right things to make like these kids respect me because I was mm -hmm. just a goofball. Like I, I, I was just like, so I don't know what the right word is. Yeah, I'm having a hard time finding the right to articulate my words, but it was just so fun getting them to kind of enjoy the same things that I enjoyed and, and having them like chase the same things that I wanted to chase. And I was like, wow, I don't really have to do that much work if I, if I can get them to do what I want. Like if I can make them understand, you know, like the direction that I want them to head. What I'm trying to say is like, I don't want to have to say the words directly for them to want what I want. Yeah. Well, nobody likes a micromanager. So I think that's a good, that's very yeah, hands-off yeah. leadership approach too. Where did, so my biggest problem, the reason why I don't think I'd be a very good teacher. So my teaching is like really big, not really big in my family, but my grandpa got like three doctorates, like this man was so educated, was a college professor, very smart. And um, when they found out, like that side of the family found out that I was going to Penn State for uh, a STEM major, they were like, oh, like, are you going to finally, like, we finally have another like academia uh, driven person. <laughs> like we can't wait. And I was like, ah, oh, I can't break it to you guys, but I don't think Shucks. I'd be a very good professor <laughs> at this because I don't think I have my voice. Like, I think you have to have such a good voice, um, like internal dialogue in order to be a teacher. So you kind of explained this before, but you know, when someone's talking and you're like processing what they're saying, and at the same time, 
you have to kind of make that response without thinking at the same time. So you're not too stuck in your head. I feel like teaching is a lot of that. You kind of mentioned that in your episode. I think it was either with Steven or the one called relationships about like having an internal dialogue and thinking what you're going to say next. Um, And I feel like in teaching, it's so hard for me. Like if somebody asks a question, like I want to jump to the conclusion really quickly. And I know that as a teacher, you really need to take things kind of with a state of grace and patience. And I don't know if I have that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it's definitely unique for everyone, like teaching. I mean, I've really just been trying to talk to as many people as I can, like not even teachers. When it comes to teaching, I'm trying to pick up styles from like different people. And even in life, like I want to get as many uh, uh, like cool personality traits that like I admire and I respect just so I can like add it to my repertoire and I can, you know, like, yeah, I can keep growing. But here's here's another question. Actually, it kind of relates to like the intimacy thing that you said about uh, podcasting over writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to write <laughs> like these these journals on Facebook <laughs> and I would just post them on Facebook like whatever. This is going to be like my medium for for talking. But like it just didn't feel genuine. I, I It was truly like those were my actual thoughts. But yeah, it's like the audience was so broad. And I was like, man, these people like whenever they look at my Facebook and they see my Facebook posts, like this is all they're going to know me for. Like, do I really want that? And wait, I loved your long Facebook posts. Don't say that, (laughs) but I think it's the same thing. Like you said in a different episode about text, how like texting, like I feel the same way where like when I text someone, I'm like, I don't even feel like me. Like I read my texts and I'm like, that doesn't even sound like me. And I feel like writing is the same way. How do you feel about that? Like, do you think texting and like the written word is kind of similar? And that aspect where your real voice isn't shine? Yeah, I do think so. And especially with my later podcast episodes, I listen to them. I listen back to them just to like see if that's what I like, if if I liked it or if that's like the direction I keep on a heading head in. And I realized that like I was making too concrete of a script. Not really concrete. They're still bullet notes, but I would type out like I want to say it like this. And whenever I was listening to it, I was like, dude, you just sound like you're reading off a script right now. Like, this sucks. And I want to go back to like, kind of like the vibe of my first episodes where it was more of like, okay, here are some really broad topics. Now talk about them. Because I feel like I'm still I'm still doing the thing where I'll record it and then I'll just scrap it and I'll record it again. So I just think that I would have like a lot more liberty to choose my words and you know pick phrases that that work for me rather than like oh I typed this out because it sounded really good in my head but when I read it then yeah it it just doesn't hit the same way yeah I get nervous about so I write out some things but I kind of realize the same thing as you where it just sounds like when you're reading from like nobody wants to listen to that you know what I mean it sounds like an episode yeah. of crime junkie at the end of the day if you, you're <laughs> reading from a script like it just doesn't sound great or off, doesn't sound genuine or authentic and I think that's something that like we both kind of try to do on our podcast and um but I also have a problem with just speaking freely because I'm like oh my gosh like I don't even know what the hell is coming out of my mouth and I don't want that to come out as like too exaggerated or not important enough or for me to say something and it to come off as like a different type of way you know what I mean like I, yeah, I worry yeah. so much about how I come off um, yeah, which I think impression. is one of my yeah and I think that's one of my biggest flaws is I care I guess that's a good flaw and a bad 
I mean, I think it's a good thing and a bad thing, but I care. I think I started caring a lot less since graduating college. Honestly, I don't know what happened like since May, but I care a lot about like what other people like see of me, which isn't like a true me. I'm thinking about this a lot. Like this isn't how I present myself is only like my ego. That's not like who I am at my core, but I still care about what other people think of me. And with that comes me being like more, I care about how other people are feeling in other situations too, um, because I care how they see me, which sounds yeah. like incredibly selfish, but I, that was like a huge realization I had about myself. Now that I've been recording my podcast, I, every time I like edit it um, and I'm about to throw it in the trash because I'm like, oh my God, this sounds like horrible. I have to be like, why do I care what other people think about this like I'm doing this project like I started this project for me why does this suddenly like now that I know people are listening to it why do I care what other people are really thinking about it because they started it liking it because of me being my genuine self you know what I mean yeah yeah and I think that most people well I feel like most people have kind of the same thoughts as we do except maybe they just don't voice them out loud and oh what was where is I going to go with this <laughs> Sorry, when you were talking, I had like three different topics come up in my head and I was like, oh, I should talk about that. No, I should talk about this. But I have a question for you, actually. So sure. th this kind of hit me this morning. So since like I found myself that I'm like away, I'm I don't, don't get to see my college friends very much. I've only gotten to see Josh twice, obviously, because he lives in Dallas um, since the yeah. pandemic hit. Um, and I saw him once when Actually, I might have seen him three times. I saw him once in Texas and twice in Harrisburg. Haven't seen like my other friend, Annalise or Zim, who's in Penn State. And my friend Kyle's in New Jersey. Like they're just, I don't really feel comfortable seeing those people right now just because of the whole Corona thing. And then with my friends at high school, I found myself, my friend, friends from high school that are living here in Maryland. I found that I'm like, it almost feels like I'm not purposely distancing myself from them, but there is this like distance coming between us. And I'm I used to think, oh, it's because I care a lot about self-development right now. And that's just like the stage of life I'm in. And maybe some of my friends already went through this or maybe they haven't gone through it yet. But right now I'm just in a stage of like, I want to improve myself uh, as best as possible because now I finally have the time to. But I'm like, am I just distancing them because I'm selfish and I only care about myself and I'm not like valuing our friendship or am I distancing myself because I'm really trying to improve on who I am and like work on self-development? So do you think that in your pursuit of self-development that I think a lot of people are going through right now, including you, definitely Josh as well, after listening to that podcast, do you find yourself feeling like you're too in tune with yourself and not in tune with like those around you? Oh, no way. Okay. <laughs> I love okay. the people around me. Yeah. The thing is like, it really surprised me that you said that because I actually got this idea of calling my friends once a day from you. I've been calling my friends like, once a day, just to talk, just to see how they're doing. And I feel like that's like such a way to, uh, such a good way to stay connected. Like whenever I talk with my friends, they're always like, after our conversation, it's always like, yeah, call me anytime, bro. Like yeah. anytime after 5 p.m., I'm good. And it's just <laughs> like so awesome catching up with them. So yeah, yeah, I don't really feel that way. Um, what Brian's mentioning is I'm reaching out to one person every day for 100 days because I guess this is something that I kind of internally have known for a while now that I've kind of like distanced myself from humanity. I think I honestly feel like that has a lot to do with like the first lockdown because I kind of like made it an excuse like, oh, because I because like we're in lockdown and we can't see anybody but our family. I'm just not going to talk to anyone, which I guess was about 100 days ago because I'm almost at number 100. Um, and I think I, I think I use that to my um, hurt, like I don't want to call myself introverted because I love talking to people but if I had to choose to like hang around people or not hang around people I think I would choose to not 
and it's mm. like an act of like it's very very purposeful if I like text someone or if I ask to hang out with them like I'm not someone that yeah. just needs to be with someone all the time right and I think uh, the pandemic think- kind of gave that to me <laughs> I'm kind of similar in that sense, but I think it really changes like a lot. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> let's just move on to another topic. <laughs> um, when did you start realizing like you wanted to do better? Like in, in college, you said yeah. you're uh, kind of a bad student with the 2.8 mm-hmm. GPA, and then it shot up to a 4.0 and you're doing really well. Like what changed for you personally? Yeah. Was it one incident or sorry, go ahead. No, that's a, um, I guess it wasn't just one incident, but so I'll go back. It kind of starts in high school where I was always like a really good student in high school. Um, I ended up having, like, I took all AP classes my senior year of high school. I had a 5.0 my senior year, was on varsity soccer all four years and just really loved, I really, really enjoyed high school. Um, I also had three different high schools, two in Germany, one in America. So moving around a lot, I felt like I was always given a fresh start almost every year. And actually my senior year, I didn't even go to classes most of the days I went, I dual enrolled at a community college. So I felt like hot shit in high school, basically. Like I was like, I have this academic thing together. Like I had, I had the GPA, I have all the sports and everything like that. And then I went to college and I just got super depressed where like to the point where like I was in, I tried to, my roommate was rushing and did Greek life and everybody felt like did Greek life at Penn State. So I rushed and I ended up freaking hating it. Like I took up so much of my time where I couldn't make friends. It felt like outside of Greek life. And um, I think there's like a statistic, only like 18% of Penn State, like students are actually in Greek life. And I was like, I'm missing out on like a huge portion of people. So that was really depressing for me because I was like, wow, I came to this giant school only to limit myself. And then I think there's like a lot of factors that just came into me just getting like really down on myself. And then it kind of hit me like a brick shit ton, you know, after my first semester of freshman year, when I got that GPA, I was like, I have a 2.8. Like I've always identified myself as someone that does that really values school. Like I genuinely love school. I'm definitely going back. I actually applied to grad school during the pandemic and got into Johns Hopkins. And I almost, I was like this close to going, like I love school. And if it weren't for how ungodly expensive it was, I'd still be there. And so having that like GPA, like written with my name next to it, I was like, this isn't who I am. Um, And so I started looking up videos by like Matt DeVella, Wheezy Waiter, um, Nate O'Brien, who's a financial one on ways, just like simple ways that I could better myself. And they were like how to be more productive or how you can start saving money in your 20s and just like little ways I could like better myself. And then from there, it's been like a rabbit hole ever since. Um, but I think it took me, this sounds really cliche, but I had to like lose myself a little bit in life in order to really identify and find myself again and realize yeah. that this was something that I really prioritize. I totally feel the same way. Like I said, I was like a major asshole whenever I was in marching <laughs> band um, in high school. I thought it was so good. And I, and after I started teaching, I realized like, dude, you're, you must've been like such a pain in the butt to teach. Like, <laughs> you're just so hard to deal with. And I really hated that about myself. So when I joined the blue band, I was like, oh, this is my like second chance to kind of restart and kind of do band the way I want to. And it was just, it was so awesome. Like yeah. whenever the band did like weird stuff and the drum line's like oh the freaking band nerds I would be right there <laughs> with the band nerds like, like doing yeah. the weird shit too like it was like why should I kind of like put these limiters on myself whenever I, I have the opportunity to to just make the most out of my life and yeah. that that's kind of like what I think my purpose in life is is simply to just have as much fun as possible 
and get the people around me on board. Um, yeah, that's I what I want to do. I like yeah. that a lot. All right. Um, I want to move on to my favorite question uh, that Go I ask all of my guests. Uh, Rachel, what is your greatest strength? Oh, gosh, that's really hard for me. I think I'm like the toughest person. I always joke with my brothers, like whenever they say something meaner to me or mean to me, I'm like, there's nothing that you can say that I haven't already said to myself because I'm so hard on myself. So when I saw this question, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> um, but I think that comes, I guess, with the whole self-improvement thing, but probably meeting people. Like I said, I grew up moving a lot. I grew up in Germany um, and my dad worked for the government. So we had to, we moved normally, it's like every three years, but sometimes we got to stay a little bit longer. So I had, like I said, three high schools before Penn State. So I had to learn pretty quickly how to put myself out there. Um, and it's definitely helped me in podcasting, but sometimes I worry that I come off too blunt or intense to people. But at the end of the day, I think it's done more good than bad in the grand scheme of things. So yeah, probably meeting people. Hmm. What do you think it is about like, what makes it for what makes it easy for you to meet people? Mm-hmm. I think because I naturally I like being alone or just with my family and kind of in my comfort zone. I genuinely value human connection outside of that comfort circle a little bit more than other people, especially because I think growing up, I was alone so much or just with my family so much because I was moving. So I'd never had like until very recently, until I was like a junior or senior in high school, did I have like I never had like a close group of friends or anything like that. So whenever somebody really reached out to me and was willing to kind of give me the time of day and be my friend, I would really cherish and just value that. And so now that um, I know how good that feeling is, I always try to reciprocate that to other people. Oh, that word. makes sense. Yeah, that's that makes sense. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see. Do you have any hobbies right now besides podcasting, besides so, whatever you want to talk about, actually? This is so cheesy, but I, I don't I like the idea of New Year's resolutions. I'm not one of those people that should send New Year's resolutions. But at the same time, I don't think that you need like a certain day in the year, you know, to sorry, better yourself. Oh, New Year's resolution. OK, yeah. New Year's resolution. Okay. Sorry, I'll get closer to my microphone. Um, But On New Year's, I, so I started my new job on January 4th. So I was like, I, I've, and I've been walking um, my dogs with my mom, like every day up in the woods. And I was like, dude, I can't, like, I need to figure out how to move my body once work starts. And so I've been walking every morning before work. And I think I've only missed like one day now to get a COVID test um, because I'm going skiing this weekend. But um, walking has been a huge hobby of mine and specifically like how I'm walking, which sounds like so cheesy I'm even saying this I feel like a grandma but so on my first 15 minutes of my walk I listened to NPR up first because like I said I love the news like I absolutely love knowing what's going on in the world maybe that's because like I grew up in Germany and America always felt like some like odd like far off land so like I like hearing about American news or maybe because my dad works for the government I live in the DC area I don't know whatever it is I listen to NPR for my first 15 minutes and then my the last part of my walk I don't listen to anything and I'm not on my phone or anything like that. Like it's the only time I get to unplug. Cause like I said, my hours are insane. So it's the only time in my day where I feel like completely present in my moment. And that's been like a huge hobby of mine that I'm trying to implement more kind of day to day is to completely unplug. I call it walking naked um, or running naked if you're running, which just means like completely unplugged, like not having any tech with you. I haven't yet done a walk where I just left my phone completely at home. Cause I do really like listening to, NPR my first part of my walk but um, hopefully I'm hoping that like later in the future I'll start be able to I'll start being able to do more walking and uh, I also hike on the weekend where I do the same similar thing because I do live really close to um, like the Potomac River, Patapsco Parks, even the Appalachian Trail is not that far from me 
So I'm going to try to do one like really long walk. I think like an hour long walk a week without my phone. It's like what I'm trying to work up. Yeah, to. That, that's uh, really cool. I like the <laughs> idea of like not bringing tech with you. Um, whenever I hike, I usually never bring my phone. Usually it'll just be, yeah, I won't have anything on me because, but that's kind of when I want to like rush up the mountain when I want to run. Yeah. Up. I've recently been doing uh, multiple hikes in a single day, like multiple times up the mountain and down. And okay. the first one, because I have a bad habit of like pushing myself and like, go, 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 get, get up there. <laughs> like, don't stop. And then on the second or third time, my, whatever my last time is, I'll just really take my time and crawl up the mountain and just, you know, like, like you said, be in the moment. And yeah, it's really awesome. I think I lost like that ability in college. I, I think that it was really, I just really remind myself to be present. Um, do you think like you're naturally a present person? Cause I wouldn't say I am. Um, naturally, no, I don't think so. I think it really started when this past semester I started listening to guided meditations and it yes. just, yeah, it really helped me. It, it's, it's on Spotify. I don't use okay. Headspace. I used Headspace for a little bit. Um, but that was a couple years ago and I wasn't that into it if I'm being really? honest. Yeah. Do you listen? Oh, I haven't tried also, it yet in it recently though. Headspace. I haven't tried that recently. I also got hooked on, this sounds so weird, but like frequencies. So there's just like one tone being played. Sometimes when I walk, when I want to be unplugged, but like, I'm really just, I have so much on my mind or I feel like I'm going to go fucking on a, like my brain is just working too fast. I listen to like these consistent frequencies on Spotify that are like an hour long. It's so great. So great. Oh, like I white like, noise kind of. Yeah, exactly. Like white noise. And I'm like, this is so peaceful. What con- Whoa, um, what guided awesome. meditation is it? And do- does it's, the it's person have a, an accent? It's just like, a are playlist. They British? <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of them have accents. They're only like okay. 15 minute segments and there's like a whole playlist full of them. So I always try to pick wow. a different one. Yeah. I okay. can send it to you. It's, it's just called guided meditations on Spotify. I don't think I could do 15 minutes. It's really long. Oh, <laughs> I, like I don't I'm usually like... do like the whole 15 minutes because you can stop whenever you want. Like, yeah. um, I mean, it, it really depends on the day and how I'm feeling like in that moment because I can't, it's not that consistent for me. But <laughs> yeah, today, this morning I did a guided meditation and it was pretty nice. That's awesome. But, yeah. Um, you're also big into reading, right? You talk a lot about reading on your, your podcast. Yeah, and I, also, I actually listened to like the um, Park Avenue Summer. I, I don't remember who the, the speaker yeah. was. Her but... name's uh, Renee Rosen. Yeah, yeah the author yeah. of Park Avenue Summer. That was yeah. Good book. How's the reading been going? That's like one of your goals, right? For the Yeah, um... it's been on really bad, really bad since January, since starting my job. And I think this goes along with the park. This goes along with the time management. I am not giving cutting out time in my day for reading. And I'm just like, I told myself I would, and I'm not. And I always say I'll do it before work. Um, But once I find myself sitting down at my desk, the last thing I want to do is like pull out my book. I just want to start working right away, whether that be working on my podcast, like my personal projects or working on um, like my actual things that I have to do during the day. And a lot of times before work, I'll want to chip away at my newsletter, which is for the Dynamo Dispatch. Dynamo Dispatch is what it's called for the company I'm working for. And that normally is something I do during the weekend. So I'm like, oh, if I could just get some of it done before work, then I don't have to do it on the weekend. Um, But in reality, that's cutting into my reading time. So it's going actually freaking horrible compared to (laughs) what's going before. But um, 
I think I've read like literally one time, like actually intentionally reading, but like really into it. And it's uh, a book by Melissa, excuse me, Melinda Gates, um, who's Bill Gates's wife. And I just think I, I love, first off, just love Bill Gates. He drinks a lot of Diet Coke. I drink a lot of Diet Coke and he's a great humanitarian. Um, but I think Melinda Gates is also an amazing person and I'm reading her book right now. But as for my goal of being like more intentional with my reading, that is so hard. Um, I have been, I guess, I have been listening to my podcast, my audible books. I love audiobooks, And I've been listening yeah. to this book called Cast by uh, Isabel Wilkerson, which talks about the caste system um, and how it kind of relates to racism in America. And if anybody's really interested in the social justice movement right now, I ha- highly recommend reading it because I do live in Baltimore. I feel like I see or um, I'm around a lot more of that stuff um, than most people, maybe more than people, a lot of my friends that are living in like rural PA. So I thought, this book was this book has been really nice and eye-opening for me kind of seeing like the origins of racism um so I'm listening to that but that's not like intentionally me taking time out of my day to read um it's just me like passively listening to an audiobook so I feel the same way actually (laughs) I listen to audible um I'm I'm listening to green lights by Matthew McConaughey right now and do you love it he's the narrator yeah it's really good but the thing is like I don't really do it too consistently because I'll just put it on whenever I walk around and then next thing I know I'll be walking around for like two and a half hours listening to this guy (laughs) like talk about his life but yeah it's really awesome I'm not a huge fan of audiobooks though because I jump from audiobook to audiobook I think I really need time to ponder on what they're saying rather than Mm -hmm. to just have it go in through one ear and out the other but yeah, I think a lot of the information in books in general is is really valuable. The first audiobook I ever listened to was called Crucial Conversations: How to Get What You Want When the Stakes Are High. And it's by like a number of authors, but basically it's just like how to talk to people and like get your intention and your meaning across without like hurting their feelings. I would highly recommend it. It's like a really awesome book. It's only like eight hours long maybe yeah and what is it called yeah. crucial it's called Con- crucial conversations okay yeah. it sounds like uh how to win friends and influence people Have oh you heard of that i think book? josh told me about that book. Yeah, yeah yeah um my one book to recommend to you josh already recommended but i've been recommending the defining decade to like everybody i freaking see <laughs> um but it's another self-development book that i audible booked i audio booked again it's like one of those really short ones really wish I just read it as um, pen and paper because I agree with you it's sometimes hard to like really process what they're saying if it's a book like that cast is like a I think a little bit more of a dry read so I don't think the reason I chose to do it as an audiobook is because it's not as engaging as like a novel I think but the defining decade was something where um, it was a book that I felt like totally applied to my life and I wish I could like underline or highlight or really just kind of like soak in what the author is saying and apply it to my own life. And when I'm listening to an audiobook like that, where I'm like, oh, I, I need to remember this. It's, yeah. it's so crappy. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I also feel the same way about how you're having a hard time with, even though reading is your hobby and something you want to do more, I feel the same way because I play um, the bass guitar and I just don't really make time for myself to just sit down and play. But whenever I do it, like I'll do it for a long time. So my solution to that is um, I have like kind of band practices every Friday night and me and my friends just get together and we jam. Um, There's only three of us in in our band, but it kind of keeps me accountable with just like practicing and 
just playing in general. It's so much fun to play with others. So do you have anything like that? Um, like a book club? Or do you want to like join a book club or something? I'm, I am at a book club and it's actually great, but I find those books, um, first off, it's kind of similar where I can sit, I sit down, I'm super bad habit. So the, this next book coming up, um, is called, I think you should talk to someone. And I think I'm going to audio book it because, um, I'm driving up to Vermont this weekend to go ski. So I need an audio book, but I just find myself that even though I'm in this book club, I'll sit down on the weekend on one day, or I'll take like two days out of my weekend and just read the whole book instead of like slow. <laughs> putting out each time so yeah it yeah. hasn't helped um but for holding myself accountable the best thing that I've done I think this sounds so stupid because again this goes to I think people's perception of me and I'm just working one of the, my goals right now that I've had for quite a while is to just kind of disassociate from people's like perceptions of me and I don't know how it's going because I found that like when I post on Twitter a goal of mine first off no one follows me on Twitter I have a very <laughs> small I like maybe 100 200 people maybe and most of them are from like work like they do not care about anything in my life but if I post that it's like my goal on Twitter I'm like people saw it now I'm held accountable I have to do it so for my one if for my personal project of reaching out to one person every day for 100 days I actually track it on Twitter so that's where each person oh. is listed. Um, and yeah. that's how I found myself. I hold, that's how I hold myself accountable is kind of like other people um, seeing it or having other people kind of be on that journey with me. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's been working, but I don't know if that's necessarily the best way. Like, I don't, it feels almost that sometimes I'm doing it for other people and not doing it for myself. Um, yeah. When I do I, that, I you know, I don't think that's a bad thing too. Um, because I kind of do that with my podcast too. Like I was like, yep, this semester I'm going to do really well. I'm going to get after it and I'm just going to, I'm just stepping my game up and I'm going to level up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with like letting people know your intentions, if it's going to help you in the long run, you know? But then how um, do you feel about people knowing like your failures? Cause recently I didn't. So like I said, I really wanted to work for Google for a while and now I don't know what I want to do, obviously. Yeah. I'm thinking in startups, but I told, like, I told, said it on my podcast. I told all my roommates, I told my friends, like, I'm interviewing at Google. This is a job of mine I really want. And when that kind of fizzled out, I was like, everyone knows my failure. And I took that so hard. So now it's like yeah. really difficult for me. Whenever I sense? think of like my failures, <laughs> I just think I overestimated myself. And, you know, there's nothing I can do to change that now or to like change the past now. But what I can yeah. do is like take what I learned and just move on from there. Like if I had that, uh, the chance to redo kind of like how I had the chance to redo my band season, like what would mm -hmm. I do differently? And at the end of the day, like, like you said, I don't really care what other people think. The <laughs> only reason why like I kind of um, put on this act to seem like I care about other people <laughs> Is because it makes me feel good. Like I feel good That's, um, knowing that yes. the people around me are like are happy and like yeah, um, they're okay with like what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like a so, really such awesome. a selfish like realization, but you're like, oh, like I feel like I'm selfish yeah. if I don't care about what other people think. But I feel like it's really like egotistical for me to care what other people think. So it's yeah, for sure. Oh, I had like this there. really um, this really hard kind of realization in when I was playing cymbals because I thought yeah. I was so good I thought I was so much better than everyone else and I just realized like dude you don't know shit and I I get the same vibe with life like I think I'm good I think I'm good and then something happens to me where I just realize like I'm not even close to where I want to be 
And I think it's just having that realization that, you know, you can always be better at whatever you're doing at whatever you're chasing for. If you go in with that mindset, I think you'd be in like a really good spot with whatever you're doing. So, yeah. Yeah. That's something I definitely need to pick up on and learn more, I think. Oh, do you listen to music? <laughs> Since you listen I, to like it, so many audiobooks and and yeah. read a lot. I do, I do listen to music, stuff. but I think my music taste is something that is pretty embarrassing. Um actually, it's gotten better. Um I have this playlist on Spotify called songs my sugar daddy would like I think it's called and it's like my it's older music that I just love like I've really really like um I think it's called the song called the rising sun right now I really like um sweet home Alabama stuff like that like very songs that are very vibey and a little bit older I love hearing all the instruments in music if that makes sense so I I like EDM music and more modern music but something about like live the feeling when I listen to a song I want to feel like I could listen to it as a live band in a bar, if that makes sense. Like that's the kind of mm. music I like. Uh, but at the same time, like Taylor Swift was definitely in my top 100. Um, kind of like how you said, it's super embarrassing. Um, I think in your relationship episode, you're like, yeah, I was kind of like, everybody made fun of me because I love Justin Bieber's music. I absolutely love Taylor Swift's music and everybody always craps on me, but like I genuinely very much like her. Um, and then my friends in college, I was like kind of in a country before college because my dad listened to it, but I was never like, no, my one, number one genre but um every Tuesday in college all my friends and I would go to a bar called Pickles and it was a country bar mm, and I think yeah. those memories um associated with country music now has made me like like have more appreciation with for country music um, oh that's awesome because it reminds me of like my friends so I think yeah. now country music too yeah I think my my music taste has definitely it definitely changes from one thing to another one genre to another um and pretty mm-hmm. often too Right now, I'm really into rap music and hip hop, which music. you wouldn't really expect from me. But it's yeah, just like the vibe that like this modern rap brings to the table is just so awesome to me. Like, yeah, whenever I'm listening to it, I always feel like, yeah, I'm the shit. Like <laughs> these the people who are rapping and like just the way that they present themselves. is just like they're so full of it. And I love yeah. it. Like, it's so awesome. <laughs> it makes you really feel like funny. more confident I used to listen um when I was at Goldman I only lit I only um so when I was at Goldman first off my confidence was like zero because I was surrounded by my even my roommates I roomed with two girls that went to Harvard and they were Harvard basketball players I went to work and everybody was like super successful and I was like oh I go to Penn State and everybody would be like oh Penn and I'd have to be like no like Penn State, like in the middle <laughs> of nowhere football not Ivy League it's so, like hype myself up in the beginning of the day I would um I had like four songs I would listen to on repeat and they were just like super duper inappropriate rap songs <laughs> that would hype me up basically. Um, and I think there's something that comes with rap, like the power that you feel from the music that it actually means a lot. And I think a lot of people kind of like push it down or like, oh, like I don't like hip hop or I don't like rap music because of kind of the negative connotation I think it has in society. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, if it pumps you up, it pumps you up. And that's something that I think it definitely does for me too. <laughs> I also had this friend back in high school. His name was Eric, but he he would always listen to like this uh, 2000s, like just like songs that you listen to whenever you're in middle school or high middle school or like late elementary school. I don't know if you're familiar with like, like just songs on the radio, like pop music, like Flo Rida. Um, oh, heck yes. Heck yeah. Yes. And he would always be like singing these at the top of his lungs. Like, and it was so awesome. He was so charismatic <laughs> with it. 
And that's something that like, I really, I really wanted to, like, I really admired about him. Like, dude, you're so charismatic about this. Like you really don't care what other people think. And it just makes, it's just like so much more awesome because of it. That's, that's something that I've been like trying to pick up from other people. Just like, um, I don't know if it's more extroverted or just uh, confidence in general. Um, I'm not sure. And I don't really know where I was going with that. I just wanted to bring it up. So shout out to Eric. (laughs) That's a good one. I think confidence is something I'm really trying to work on. Um, I had this, again, one of my roommates over the summer, her name was Grace and she was a Harvard basketball player. And this girl, I literally had to ask her, I was like, what is it? She was the most beautiful person I've ever met. And when I mean the most beautiful person I ever met, I think Josh visited. I was like, dude, you have to see my roommate. This girl was like six feet tall, gorgeous. And whenever she walked into a room, everyone turned around and looked at her. And I was like, I remember after that summer, I was like, I want to walk into a room with the same confidence that Grace does. And I asked her, I was like, just what is it like being the most attractive person in every room you go to? Plus like, yeah, she's a Harvard basketball player. Like that's the second most impressive thing that she has done. Like she's impressive before she put before she even opens her mouth. She's like, I might not even be the most attractive person or the most successful person in a room, but whenever I walk into a room, I just act like I am. And that's something that has stuck with me so much. Like half of confidence is just like thinking that you are like the most confident person before walking even into the room, before even opening your mouth and kind of bringing that presence with you. Um, And that's something I'm really trying to work with. And recently I totally had the perfect opportunity to do this and I didn't. My friend's family was at a bar having a family night, right? And um, a few of my other friends and I were driving past the bar. So we decided to stop in and I was so passive and I kind of just stood behind all the rest of my friends and I didn't bring that energy to a room. And it's frustrating because I don't have many times to like work on being confident in COVID. And that was like the one time I have had since like the new year. And I'm like, darn it. But uh, confidence is definitely a a tricky one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But I think confidence is like, I think it comes from not really caring about like, uh, well, I think the reason why I'm pretty confident is just because I realized that, you know, I'm going to die at some point and I want to make the most out of this life that I have, this time that I have. So if I'm going to keep living, then I don't want to live with like these regrets of whatever these regrets might be. I don't want to live with not knowing. I rather do it and realize that that didn't go well <laughs> and then ask and see how I can do better next time that's that's that really like outlook on life yeah that's what I've been trying to do um you know sometimes it's it's a lot easier to say what you want to say rather than to do it um yeah yeah it's really hard and I think you know eventually we might be able to find a balance in <laughs> what that. we're doing but kind of like going off that freaking um I always think that like, I think one of the reasons that why I like struggle sometimes with confidence is because of my journey of self-improvement, kind of like what we were talking about in the beginning, because with self-improvement, I'm not trying to become perfect by any means, but I am trying to become the best version of myself. And when I walk into a room and I'm like, oh man, I'm not the best version of myself. Mm. I, I see somebody who is the best, maybe they're not perfect, but they are the best version of themselves. Like how grace to me, I was like, yeah, this girl has flaws, but obviously she's, she's acting like she's the best version of myself that, that almost like, like burns my confidence. And it goes along with how awesome you are on not caring about what other people think, because I, I'm like looking at grace and I feel like that comparison really is the thief of joy and comparison does really kill, kill creativity. Cause I'll compare myself and be like, 
oh, that person is so confident with themselves and has accomplished so much. And I don't know why I can't be in the same room as them or feel that same way with myself. Like other people can be the best version of themselves at the same time as I'm being the best version of myself, you know? Yeah, and that's yeah. something that's really hard for me to grasp, I think. I think it's really funny um, how we compare ourselves to other people, uh, people that we look up to, like Grace, for example. But, yeah. you know, like you're her friend, like you're, you're yeah. friends with her. So that puts you right up there with like the best people. Uh, that's kind of like, <laughs> at least that's how, that's how I like to, to think. Um, in marching band, I wasn't that good. I played cymbals <laughs> and like that was kind of a lame instrument compared to like the snare drum or the tenors. But I had so many friends who were on the top level of like snare drum. Like so many random high schoolers would go up to them and be like, oh my gosh, like you're amazing. And I, I would stand next to them and be like, yeah, I'm friends with him. No big deal. Like that's me. Yeah. And yeah. I like I don't that. Know. That's it's a good way like, of thinking of it. Yeah. I don't think. And also I wanted to talk about like chasing perfection, like how you said, you know, you're not going to be perfect, but I I like trying to become perfect. <laughs> I don't think it's, it's ever going to happen, but I don't think like I should stop trying to be perfect. And I don't really even know what perfect is. Um, what I've been doing recently is just trying to, trying to find small victories and everything. Um, yeah. My research is super broad and I'm working on like three things at once and it's super overwhelming. But last night when I was like, trying to find out why I was so scared of like my research. I just, I realized that I was just trying to bite off more than I could chew at once. And I need to like take it one step at a time, like focus on this for now and then worry about that when we get to it. I kind of really realized this when I did my 24 hour Mount Nittany hiking challenge, how like when I first started, I was like, holy shit, we have 19 more hours of this. Like there's no way. <laughs> And I, it started with like, okay, after this, after this run, I'm gonna eat a turkey sandwich. I only packed three, so this will be good. Like, like I can really enjoy this. And the next thing I knew, like, while I was doing these small victory things in my head, I was like, oh wow, we only have seven hours left. Like, I think I can bust through this and just get it over with a little early. <laughs> and it's just like small victories um take things one thing at a time has just really helped me recently you need to i think this it might be a book but it's called something to the fact of being one percent better each day um i'm not sure where i got this it was definitely from a book somewhere but have you ever heard of that like you only become one percent better um so i feel like i focused way too much on perfection when i was in college um early on when i was trying to fix my gpa and just kind of make myself not be a piece of crap and then I realized that perfection is so subjective to each person. And then the reason I like to phrase it now is like becoming the best version of myself is because my idea of perfect and your idea of perfect are completely different. So my yeah. idea of becoming like, to, for me, if I was perfect, it would not be becoming a college professor in a STEM major. You know what I mean? Like that's just, isn't my idea of perfect. That's not my mm -hmm. track of life, right. but becoming like the best version like of myself would be you know, being able to work a job that's sustainable and doing well in that field. You know what I mean? Um, for sure. And I think that was kind of hard for me to figure out. And then when I was trying to become this like best version of myself, it was, I think it has to do with like our um, society now and instant gratification. 
it was kind of frustrating for me in the beginning being like, wow, I'm working so hard in school, for example. Um, or I was training for a half marathon recently and I was so frustrated because I was working out every day and I wasn't improving or my GPA wasn't, you know, jumping to the, to the number that I wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, and, um, I think I was reading this book. It might've, might've been atomic habits. I'm going to have to get back to you on it, but it talks about becoming 1% better each day. And that's how like in the long run it really happens. And it took me like forever to realize that, like how long progress actually takes. Like, I, mm, I think I was yeah. literally like 19 before I realized that life isn't about instant gratification and like things don't, because I moved around so much, things changed like really quickly in my life all yeah, the time yeah. until I got to college. And then I was like, shoot, things actually move really slow. Um, and that was really right. hard for me. The 1%, getting 1% getting better every day, I think was a hard, a hard thing for me to understand. And now I really embrace that. So even for me, like going on walks and doing like 15 minutes without my phone, I know that 15%, I mean that 15, those 15 minutes without my phone are slowly going to lead up for me being able to go on like a full-fledged hike or go a day completely unplugged, which kind of sounds silly to most people, but I'm a phone addict, so. Yeah. Oh, quick side note too. Atomic Habits is actually one of the audio books I have on my phone, except I haven't listened to it yet. So I'll probably yeah. check that out. And Great book to listen to as an audio book, I think. Oh, that was awesome. a hard one for me to read. <laughs> nice. Um, oh, do you have a gratitude journal? I feel like you're the type of person who would who would do something like that. Oh, do I have a gratitude journal? I have two gratitude journals. One of them is for work and one of them is for my life. Um, I'm on my third one. Um, I started them the summer I was at Goldman Sachs because I realized like, oh shoot, like this is not what I want to be doing in my life. And I would go to work with such, mm. I was talking about being a piece of shit. Like I would just go to work and have such a shitty attitude. And um, kind of how Steven said how like being in a positive atmosphere is really good. Nobody's, yeah. nobody's positive at, at banking. Nobody you're, you're doing it because wow. you're making a lot of money. I would not consider that to be positive. <laughs> you're making a lot of money and everybody's really smart. And for the most part, people are actually very nice at Goldman. I thought everybody, especially towards women, um, I thought mm. women in the workplace, they're an amazing place. But at the end of the day, you know, it's a super high stress job. And I was just coming out of it being like, yeah, this job sucks. The economy's horrible. Like, I can't believe like I'm going to work till I die. And I was like, I need to change my mentality. Um, so I started doing a gratitude journal. Um, and to kick that off, I did a daily stoic journal which is just, it's uh, by a guy named Ryan something, but it's the one page a day of different passages from different um, philosophers. And then I would read that passage. And then at the bottom, I would really like encap like say, what does this passage mean to me um, directly in my life? And then um, I would also write what I'm thankful for that day. And then I would write my goals. And now it has, I've done, finished the daily stoic journal. Ryan Holiday. It's by Ryan Holiday, who it's just a really good way if you're not good at like journaling, if you don't journal every day, each page is a date. So it's like January 1st. Uh, so you yeah. can pick it up from any day of the year and just kind of circle back to it. Um, so it held me accountable to actually do it. Now I do um, a to-do list, what I'm thankful for, a quote that really stuck with me from that day or a few days before, whether it be something my boss says or my dad says or something I might've said internally or you know, something I read, my future goals. So for example, like there's a certain amount of money I want to make in my life to put into my savings account because I like really enjoy traveling. So I have like a certain amount of money I want to completely dedicate to traveling by the end of this year. I know I want to live alone once in my life, which is like a weird goal, but I have like that written down. And one day I do want to live back in New York City. Um, so like, those are my goals right now. 
just like sometime in my life. But before that, I have my short-term goals for like that week and that month. Um, I write how I'm feeling. And like, normally it's just one line. So like on January 19th, I said, yesterday I felt like trash because I didn't get a good night's of sleep. And that's like literally (laughs) all I write. And then um, I always write down like three or four things that I'm really thankful for. And sometimes it's as small as like coffee or like my cat, but I think it's important to do stuff like that or like to keep your life in check and have that time where you're writing. It's kind of like a personal therapy session. And if I didn't do that, I think I'd be like, my brain would be like all wonky and I wouldn't know like what kind of state of mind I'm in. But yeah, yeah, I just started picking that. I just started picking up the gratitude journal recently. I journaled before, but it was more of like just really writing what's on my mind and being like, okay, why am I doing this like the way I am and how can I fix that and stuff like that. And well, I have two journals, one of them's for uh, work related stuff. And one of them's just for whatever I want to do that's not related to work. But yeah, I I totally agree. Like it's definitely helped me in like a therapeutic type of way. And yeah. I always tell people it's kind of like seeing your life from an aerial point of view. Like you're literally, it like feels like I took a helicopter all the way up and then I'm looking down at like a town or something like that. And I could really see like the Mm. inner workings. Um, And that's literally, I'm a huge fan of journaling. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Okay, final question. Do you have any advice for your listeners? Um, (laughs) I kind of stole this from your podcast with uh, Leona. And I was like, oh, that's such a good question. I I need to, I need to use that on her. Yeah, I really like that question. It's kind of a question I put at the end of like all my, I've started to do it now at the end of all my podcasts, because I really think that um, everybody should have advice they give to other people. Um, I think mine would definitely be to focus more. I think now is a great time. If anybody's like around our age listening to really focus on yourself, you're never going to be able to have this time of time again, eventually one day, hopefully, or if you want it you'll have a family or you'll have other people to be held accountable for right now. The only person you have, like the only person you have to hold accountable is yourself. So really value this time. Um, I think I spent a lot of years not really valuing my time as my own. And now I can successfully say that I definitely value my time to its full potential. Excellent. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, Rachel, for being on the show and Thanks for being, uh, thanks for, this is my first podcast I've done with someone. So thank you. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. See you next time. Bye.